In today's show, we look ahead to Thursday in the NBA, streaming options, what we're watching for, injury updates, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look at Thursday's games. There are six on, a little bit busier than usual uh, Thursday in the NBA so let's talk about those games and what we can expect for the rest of the week. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. First game, Cavs Pacers. Um, Cleveland are four and a half point favorites in this one. We know that Dean Wade is out. Ricky Rubio is out. Daniel Tice is out. And Kendall Brown is out. And Robin Lopez is questionable. So realistically, not anything to care about injury-wise. So no offense to those guys and their families, but this doesn't really impact a huge amount for us. There's nothing major going on here. What we do want to watch on the Cavs side of things, is Donovan Mitchell. He's done. He's good. He had been really good. And I believe he's outside the top 100 over the last week because a lot of what he was doing was insane in terms of shooting numbers. We've already seen the assists high from the start of the year drop off and the shooting has dropped back. Now, I don't think he's a buy low because no one's going to sell him at a cheaper price. But I think we're not going to see him finish the season as a top 10 or top 15 guy and probably not even a top 20 guy would be my guess. And that's totally okay. Because what he was doing was stuff that was just so well above anything he's ever done in his life, shooting percentage-wise, that yeah, it was bound to even off. But let's see what happens here. Maybe he proves me wrong and goes back to being this elite, absolutely high-energy, high-efficiency player. I also want to watch Lamar Stevens. Not really. I don't want to watch him, but I want to watch Lamar Stevens, Isaac Okoro, um, and Chetty Osman, and how they play those minutes out there at the starting three. And even Karis LeVert, who, let's be honest, has been dreadful of late and is barely playing. Um, barely playing minutes. He's what played 20 and 21 the last two games, Levert, uh, which is not good enough. Obviously, we're dropping Levert, but with the fact that four of those guys are um, uh, in the mix for those minutes, there's, there's four different players in the mix for minutes there, it does make it hard to really get yeah, interested, I guess, in, in streaming those players. There's just too many guys around there that are cutting into, even if that's for deep leagues, there's just too many guys that cut into their own playing time for us to uh, they get overly uh, overly excited about it. So yeah, that's what we're uh, that's what we're looking at in the Cavs side of things. On the Pacers, Aaron Neesmith, who I think is really just a fringe 12 team league player. He has had some foul issues and injury issues the last two games, but 22 and 19 minutes isn't good enough. He missed an injury the third game prior to that. Um, is he will he start probably? Is he a 12 team must roster? No. But let's see if he can change our mind. Let's see what his playing time looks like. Let's see how they run that rotation. I also want Miles Turner, who, for some reason, hasn't hit 30 minutes in the last three games. In fact, has had 25 minutes in each of the last three, which is bad from a coaching perspective, but also frustrating from a fantasy perspective. His block number is also way down. Are they trying to force Jalen Smith into minutes, which is asinine? I don't know. But we want to watch what's going on here with Miles Turner. I think he's a buy low. I'm pretty sure he is. But... 25 minutes a night is stupid. So let's see what they do. 
That is a key thing to watch. The Thunder and the Hornets is the next game. The Hornets are one-point favorites in this one in Charlotte. In terms of injuries, there's more that are important here. Alexei Pokashevsky is out. He's probably out for the next week or two. Robinson Earl is out. Usman Jeng is out. Cody Martin is out in Charlotte. And then you've got um, Dennis Smith, who's been out forever, and Nick Richards, who's missed the last two with that ankle sprain. We don't know the status there. Kelly Ubre also missed last game with a hand sprain. Not sure whether he's going to be ready to go for Thursday. What we want to watch on the Thunder is what happens with Poku's minutes. They started Mike Muscala in the second half of last game. Darius Baisley is another option. And the other one is Eugene Omarui. These are not fantastic options, but Muscala could, in 25 minutes, could be a 12-10 league guy. I would not take the plunge on it. I don't really think that there's, it's likely it's going to be great or massive or anything like that moving forward. I don't expect that. But there are options that they can use with different players. Even someone like a Jalen Williams, the Pig Williams, he's been pushed up from the G League. So I just think there's going to be a bunch of mediocre players getting those minutes. But I think Mascala is probably the best fantasy option there. I want to watch the other Jalen Williams, though, the good Jalen Williams, the Bronco Jalen Williams. Broncos country. Let's ride. Because his minutes are pretty consistent. He's getting 30 a night every night. And last game with Lou Dort ill and Josh Giddy not playing that much, Williams was great. Is he a must-roster 12-team league guy? You know my thoughts on this. It hasn't changed. Is he must-roster? No. Is he a guy to grab? Sure. If you're in a strong position and can deal with top 160 performances with the occasional top 100 game thrown in there with the hope that the top 100 games or top 120 games get moved more into the majority as the season moves forward. But I was really impressed last game. And we've gone from a situation where minutes were inconsistent to now they're being completely consistent. And now we need production to jump up. And I think it can happen. For the Hornets, I want to watch Terry Rozier. Like, can he miss 10 shots, 12 shots? Maybe we get 20 shots missed? I hope so. That would be sick if we could get that from Rozier. But in all reality, I just want to see him improve. I just want to see the shots start to go in. I want to see this Hornets team make sense. I want to see him start to do something good. Because, yes, he's been a huge disappointment. I still think he's somewhat of a buy low. But my expectations on him where I, th- where I was, got convinced he was a good shooter, and he's not, um, I've reset them to be maybe he's an okay shooter. Like, I just don't know what to... I think he's going to improve. I think the shooting is going to improve still. But I've been saying that for 10, for 10 weeks, and it hasn't. So maybe it doesn't. I also want to watch the backup center position. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark Williams has played really well the last two games with Nick Richards out. I expect, because it's Steve Clifford, and when your default setting is, I hate rookies no matter what, then I reckon you should be challenged as a coach. And that's what Steve Clifford's is. I hate rookies. doesn't matter what they do. I hate them. So I expect that Nick Richards will come in and be the backup center when he returns from injury. But I want to see what Williams can do. If he's banished back to the G League, if Richards return, do we see Plumlee ever get benched? Of course not, because he's too good, the cockroach. Hall of Fame legend, Mason Plumlee. We've got, when we're the worst team in the league, we've got to run out the worst starting center in the NBA at all costs, even at the cost of developing. That's it. If we can eke out one win every three weeks, why wouldn't we? That's his logic, surely. Um, so let's watch what Mark Williams does. Um, let's see how he looks, because there will be a situation at some point, I hope, Actually, not true. I hope, scrap that. I was going to say I hope, and Mason Plumlee gets hurt. I don't hope he gets hurt. I hope that they just try to see what Williams can do, or even Richards. But we want to get an idea of how he plays in the NBA, and I think he's been impressive the last two games. Impressive enough to make me feel that if he did get a starting role, he would be okay in that spot. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. 
If your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket, 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 we can't think. We can't think. Sorry, come, on, come on, come on, come on. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one show on, or that free trial that you never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you, so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba, rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. Grizzlies Raptors. Memphis are two-point favorites here on the road. Um, Injury-wise, Otto Porter is out. For Memphis, they're clean. No one's hurt there. But in Toronto, there are some big situations we need to monitor. One of those is Fredels Van Vliet, who's dealing with back issues. I would expect that he misses, but he's listed questionable. Pressure to has been upgraded to questionable with that ankle problem, while Christian Coloco, they officially listed him questionable, but said he needs an MRI on his knee. So there's no way he's playing. Like, surely not. Like Anyway, even if he was healthy, he wouldn't play most nights anyway, especially if Achua is back. So what we're going to watch on the Grizzlies side of things is Dylan Brooks. He was dreadful last game. He's dreadful a lot of games, but he is an impactful defender. But with Desmond Bain back, I don't think you need to hold on to Dylan Brooks. I think you can move on from him pretty comfortably. I also watched Tyus Jones, who only played 13 minutes last game, which obviously is annoying, right? Especially if you are in that luxury stash situation where you're holding him, waiting to see what happens with Jar or blowouts or injuries and all that sort of stuff. I still think that if you are one or two in a league, you can hold on to him. But if you're four or five and the matchups become hard to um, or harder to win by having some sort of dead weight on your team, then I get moving on from tires. He is really a luxury stash. And by luxury, you have to be in a good spot to have that luxury of holding on to him. But let's see if he gets more than the 13 minutes that he got last game, which was, of course, a blowout. On the um, Toronto side of things. Nice, Gary! Gary Trent. If Van Vliet is out, I expect Trent's minutes to go up. He is still a real soft hold. But when this team is healthy, if Achua is there, if Van Vliet is there, I think Trent plays 22 minutes and isn't a 12-team league player. But for now, he is. I also want to watch um, Malachi Flynn. Because if Van Vliet is out, they will probably start Flynn. Or even if they don't, he's a 27-minute-a-night option, I would guess. Because his minutes have been up, even with Trent and Van Vliet playing. In fact, over the last what is it, six games, 28, 37, 17, 26, 23, 26. All those games have had a chore out, yes, but only three of those games or four of those games have had Trent out. And in the last two that Trent's played, we've still got good minutes from Flynn. And if Van Vliet misses, he does become an option that we need to pay some attention to. I don't know that he's a great, or actually I know that he's not a great long-term guy, but in the short term, there might be something here at least for Thursday. Um, the next game we look at is the Clippers. They are taking on the Boston Celtics. This will be a good indication to how real the Clippers actually are. The Celtics are five and a half point favorites. There is no one ruled out in this game, apart from Gallinari, of course, who's out for the season. And the only guy who's listed questionable at the moment is Peyton Pritchard. John Wall rested last game, so he should be ready to go. On the Clippers side of things, I want to see the minutes. What happens with Nico Batum, who's been really good lately? He is getting fantasy value through steals and blocks with some good three-point shooting, but there's you know the usage for him is low. But he played 28 and 27 minutes on the back-to-back. Does he get those minutes? Do they take Terrence Mann out of the rotation? Those last two games where he played 28 and 27, Batum, one of them Wall was out, one of them Kawhi was out. So literally, this is a fully healthy team. What does Batum's playing time look like? 
who is the guy that misses out? Because the last time they were fully healthy, he played 20 minutes. So that is, we do need to watch that. Because 20 minutes is not enough. I also, yeah, the same goes for Norman Powell and Luke Kennard. What's their playing time look like? And then if it's a Zubats, who we thought was losing minutes, but then he's played 34, 41, 31 in the last three games. I mean, cool. Um, how we can judge that, I don't know. They will probably need 30 of him going up against Rob Williams and Al Horford, of course. But they could just as easily push him to 24. It is really tough to get a full grasp on how his playing time looks game to game. For the Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon, it looked like Malcolm Brogdon was sitting as a really good 27-minute-a-night player. And in the last four games, they've said no. Three games. 17, 17, 20. You see his minutes have gone, right? 30, 31, 30. All right, that's great. 17, 17, 21. Oh, that's bad. So how do they use him? Is it White or is it Brogdon? Or is it the fact that Rob Williams is back? Is that impacting Brogdon? Well, I don't know because those three 30-minute games came when Williams played. And then Williams still played, and he went back way down. I, there's no rhyme or reason for those minutes. So we're watching Brogdon, but that's also Derek White because those guys are interchanging minutes. In the end, I don't think either of them are 12-team league guys because I think there's going to be too much oscillation between value there. But we want to watch it. I also want to watch Rob Williams, who was really good last game. He still only played 21 minutes. When does he get a chance to start? Will he get more minutes than Grant Williams? He should. How slow are they going to be in easing him into at least 25 minutes? But we got that glimpse last game, which probably closed the uh, by-low window, I would say. Nixon Spurs is the next one. We know that RJ Barrett is out for at least a week with that finger laceration. Must have been a pretty bad cut to put you out for a week. Um, Obi Toppin is out. The other one we don't know is Jalen Brunson. I have doubts that Brunson's going to play. He wasn't even able to do shoot-around in that game uh, for Tuesday. I think he's out. But I don't know that. But what I do want to watch... Um, on the Spurs side of things, Devin Vassell left last game early and then Doug McDermott missed. I think there's a risk with Vassell, not with McDermott, but I think there's a risk with Vassell. We need to watch that. I think Quickly's a great ad. Not only do we have Barrett out, but there's a chance Brunson's out. So Quickly might move to the bench if Brunson returns, but there's still probably 28 minutes or so there. What they do though, how do they replace Barrett? Because they replaced him with Juice McBride last game, who is a point guard. So they went McBride, Quickly, and Grimes. So maybe they start quickly, or do they dust off Cam Reddish? Now, I'm, a, I'm critical of Tom Thibodeau. I don't know if you've ever heard me criticize him. I'm, I'm pretty critical of him. They went to a situation last game where they had no Brunson. They had RJ Barrett gone after a minute, and they still did not play Cam Reddish at all. Reddish was, st- remember, Reddish was starting for this team, and he was okay. He was okay. So is once Tom moves him out of the rotation, is this guy just dead? Like, what are you even turning up for games for, Cam? If Reddish can't get a single minute with Barrett out, then I don't know what's going on. And I am not a Reddish believer at all. I don't think he's particularly good. But I do know that he's the only forward-sized player on this team who could possibly move into that role. Yeah, Grimes could play it, but that would mean you're starting two point guards in the backcourt. And I just don't understand the rationale of not even putting Red, not even to start him, but give him 15 minutes, give him 20 minutes. So I don't think Reddish is necessarily an ad, but the logic would say, look, he is a small forward-sized player and there is nobody else who is a small forward-sized player. I could see old mate Tom Thibodeau starting Sims and Robinson, pushing Randall to the three versus starting Reddish or playing in 15 minutes. I could see that sort of stupidity happening. But there is something that's going to have to open up. Quickly is an ad. No problem with that. Reddish isn't. But logic with a common sense coach who doesn't play a player 51 minutes would suggest that, yeah, look, let's give Cam a shot here. Another shot. What did he do? Like, did 
did Reddish like fart in Thibodeau's face on the bench and he's been banished now? He wasn't that bad when he played. So I don't, I don't know. I know I'm going on about Cam Reddish, a player who I don't think is particularly good. But that's, that's the balance, isn't it? It's the immovable force. What is it? The irresistible force, force was the immovable object. A player I don't think is good versus a coach I don't think is good. Which one do I criticize more? Onto the Spurs. Jeremy Sohan. Zohan now. Um, yeah, look, he's been really good. He's going to be inconsistent for sure. And he has been over even over the last week. You've seen good games, bad games. But at least get me 30 minutes a night. And we want to watch him, see how he develops, but add him and let's see where it goes. And Zach Collins. Even in limited minutes, Collins is producing back-end 12-team league value. Does that mean he's a must-roster player? No, no, it doesn't. But on a six-game day, if you're looking for a big man with some stats, he's there. He is a stream option on a day like this. Today's episode is brought to you by Nitsa, which I've been told apparently is how it's said. I don't know if that's true or not. NHTSA, whatever. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get it right. Get it right. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's go on to the next game, which is, in fact, the last game of the day. It's the Rockets and the Mavericks. The Mavericks are 11.5-point favorites here. We know Dorian Finney-Smith's out for a couple of weeks. Josh Green's still out. Um, Jay Sean Tate might return. I don't know. It's been a million years since he's been back. And Reggie Bullock is now questionable. So if Bullock is questionable and Finney-Smith is out, we're probably going to get Dwight Powell starting again. That's what happened last game. And huge minutes for Christian Wood. On the Rockets, it was a really disappointing game for their two big men last time out, Alperen Sengun and Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, only 29 minutes for Smith and 22 minutes for Sengun. That needs to be better. Yes, they played the Celtics and they got smashed. But honestly, I just never want to see Bruno Fernando out there ever. So I hope that those two guys can bounce back with their minutes, but also with their production because they weren't good. They missed every shot in the world. I do think a good bounce back is coming here. On the Mavs side of things, it's Christian Wood. We want to watch that because the minutes have been huge. And with Bullock and Finney-Smith both out, they're going to have to skew big, and with Kleber's out as well. You're going to get big minutes from Wood here, I think, like really big. And that is going to further fuel into the sell high moment because he's selling high through big minutes, but also through insane block rate. But let's watch it. I also want to Tim Hardaway, who's been getting big minutes, but playing fairly poorly. He's exceeded 35 minutes in three of the last four games. He doesn't shoot well, and he's a points and threes guy. And that, that can be good for value. You can have that there. You can have it through volume. But is he must roster? He's on the borderline. Is he must roster for Thursday? Sure, great ad. For Thursday, because you know the minutes are going to be good, and he's going to get opportunities. Now he might sink you completely in field goal percentage, but he can still give some of those other numbers. If you're looking at back-to-back streaming, there's one team that has the Thursday Friday back-to-back. That's Toronto, um, which yeah is fine. You can stream some of those guys, but we've got that. That's where we get the extra value there from, say a um, a Malachi Flynn, especially if and it is a back-to-back. Now, not that. Uh, Nick Nurse and the Raptors care too much about player health or player um, anything like that with health and minutes and fatigue. They don't care at all. But if Flynn's dealing with a back problem, there's almost no way he plays both those games, right? So Flynn is an option. And then you've got the other spuds like Hernan Gomez or maybe it is a chore if he plays in one of those games. Um, 
or just Thad Young or Boucher, who's out of the rotation at times. Like, there's just a lot of weird stuff there. Flynn's the only guy I actually feel confident with adding there. If we look at Thursday streams, well, Quickly's at the top, pretty obviously, and Grimes. Like, Grimes is a clear must-roster player at this point, and Quickly's a great ad for Thursday. Mike Muscala might be a stream, but I think that could go sideways really quickly. Sohan, yep, good ad. Nembhard becomes a stream option. Just getting a starter who probably plays 30 minutes and might get you four or five assists with a steal is useful. Um, Derek White is a stream option. He's available in a lot of spots. I don't believe he's must roster, but he's playing 30 a night. Steals, blocks, assists. There's a little bit of there, a little bit of value there. Neesmith and Zach Collins. It's not a great day for streaming. That's why that top level, quickly Grimes, Sohan are so important to get on because they're the guys that I really feel good about. Whereas, you know, the Collins and Neesmiths and Nempards, it might be nothing or it might be something good. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% of leagues. Muscala, we just talked about. Dwight Powell's probably going to have to play good minutes. Um, you got Juice McBride. Maybe they do supercharge Juice into 40 minutes. And that would make him at least a 14-team streamable player. Timothy John McConnell. I've got um, for assists and steals. We saw him drop six assists in like 15 minutes last game. And then you've got the Charlotte backups. Big Dick Nick Richards or Mark Williams. So if Richards is out, we can stream in Williams. If Richards is in, we stream in William, uh, Richards. And then Chris Duarte is a deep league stream. Eric Gordon. He's available in a lot of spots. He's bad, but he is available for deeper leagues. And then Malachi Flynn, who I just spoke about. You might even look at Flynn in 12s if Van Vliet is out. For points league streaming for the day, quickly, Sohan. These guys are all available in 40% of leagues more. Quickly, Sohan, Hardaway, Dort, Grimes, Jalen Williams. All of those guys, I think, are clear 12-team must roster players, at least for this day. But yeah, quickly is more short-term. But they're all guys I'd want in a points league, I think. And then you've got Mike Muscala as a bit of a flyer type, and then Derek White also as a points league stream. Now, the next four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're all low-quality days. So we don't have to prioritize who's got the more low-quality games across that time. So let's look at the next four days. The top five names on, or six names on this list are guys that you should add and start irrespective of their days. The value they provide on a per-game basis is clearly top 100, I think, over the next four days, and having them on your roster is useful. So Tom Bryant plays one game in the next four days. You need to roster him. He's available in 40% plus of leagues. You need to roster him. He is a, let me rephrase this, um, a must-roster player. You need to have Thomas Bryant on your roster. There's only one game in the next four days, but I do not care. You need to roster him. Emmanuel Quickly and Walker Kessler have two games in the next four days. Kessler is a must-roster player. Quickly, with the absence of Barrett and the maybe absence of Bronson, yeah, he is a must-roster player over these next four days. Then you've got Markel Fultz, who only plays once, but again, I don't care. He should be rostered. And Quentin Grimes has got two games, should be rostered. Naz Reed has two games, should also be rostered. The value of these guys is up because of injuries, because of value, because of people not realizing they're useful enough over these next four days. And then there's Brandon Clark, who plays three games in four nights. Now, on a per-game basis, that's not really useful. But if you're looking to maximize games played, well, Clark is it. Like That is three games of value. It might only be 18 minutes a night, but the three games versus some teams that only play one game, that might give him that advantage. And then there's Malik Monk, who's got two games over the next four days. I think this is where he sits as a schedule stream sort of player. We don't know Sabonis' status. He's got 26 and 27 minutes the last two, game, two games, Monk. And he can struggle with efficiency, we know. But there is at least some appeal there to streaming. But there are other guys who I would prefer. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app, and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Subscribe. Ring the bell and leave your comments below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.